0: I had to apologize to someone the other day. I, I, I sent them one of my papers It was on APA.org.
1: Oh, the, 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 do you hate them? The, What's do no, that?
0: No, I don't. It's just like Googled it and said, Look, you want to have a real quick read of this thing I wrote and realized I'd sent them that link and it had me apologized man. before that opened it. I know you.
1: horrible man <laughs> Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo. I'm here with James Heather's from Cypher Skin. James, what's new? How are you going? Mm,
0: back in town again after it, being out of town. It pretty it travel to that after being back in town. Yeah, plague travel. It's um, it's it's not everything it could be. I don't recommend it
1: much. Are, are the planes uh, less full, or are they the same, or what's, what's the deal?
0: Um, depends on the destination and the leg. They are on some airlines uh, who responsibly don't fill the middle seats. On others, yeah, I had that like the the classic thing. I'm 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 a magnet for shit on planes. (laughs) I'm I'm a shit magnet. I'm a big human shit magnet. One of those old school U-shaped shit magnets from the cartoons. Yeah, that's very definitely me. I got Wiley a seat coyote. The whole coyote. Yeah, exactly. One of those big wily coyote magnets. I got a, a a seat the whole way at the back because um, it was a late book thing for work. And I went and sat down, and I was on the aisle, and the two seats next to me are free. And immediately after I get on, there's a. Uh, Two young parents with four kids, and they're the only kids on the whole plane. Brave, and they get into the row in front of me, and I think, oh well, at least, at least uh, I have this whole row to myself. I, uh, for once, my shoulders won't be bashing into the aisle and bashing the person next to me. It's the shoulders and the knees that are the problem for me. So I sit there in row thirty-two and wait 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 and. Wait, and four wankers get on the plane right at the very, very, very end. Because they board the planes now from the back going forward because it's easier, something they should have done to begin with. But airlines are stupid and don't do stuff like that. And, of course, the last four people, two of those people are sitting right next to me at the back of the plane. They just either missed their cab or were horrible. And the guy had really hairy triceps And so, this hairy man triceps brushed me like little fingers the whole way back into town. How high were his sleeves? Just went, oh, he was was in a- uh, uh,
1: Was he wearing uh, a sleeveless shirt?
0: (laughs) No, no. It's just, I mean, triceps are not a hairy place in general, but this guy had obviously managed to grow himself some tricep hair and then gently brushed me with it the entire time. And every time I thought, oh, that's really distracting. I mean, I'm not grossed out by it. It's just sort of like, imagine tiny little hands touching you. Yeah. So, I thought I'll move over a bit because there's no food service and I'll just sort of lean out into the aisle. And I'll be leaning out into the aisle for 10 seconds and going, oh, no tricep hair. Um, and the <laughs> angriest flight attendant in the whole world just body slammed me back into my seat with her ass. She have so explained to you the situation. She have remonstrated. It's nice to know that some things never truly change about air (laughs) travel. No matter how plague-ridden we are, the indignities remain the same. Just wearing an N95, you know?
1: It's all all the same.
0: It sucks the same way it sucked before. It's just, you know, with the added tinge of death.
1: Well, (laughs) we've gotten a few few requests from listeners uh, two or three episodes ago. We spoke about
0: <laughs> for the added twinge of death.
1: The, yeah, we you spoke people about death. are sick. We, uh, we we spoke about the, uh, the, the four fifty movement, which um, yes. which all started from a blog post that you wrote about a month ago. I think is that, yep. is that, is that about right? And we have uh, a, few- a
0: little bit less actually. Time time is weird right now. I can understand why you wouldn't get that right.
1: It is it is strange. So yeah, about three four weeks ago, um, you wrote a blog post that you want to be paid four fifty for doing. Uh, peer review for for-profit yes, journals. Now, we've had a few people, obviously, there's got a lot of interest uh, out there, um, and uh, we've got a few people actually asking for what is, w- w- what's the latest, w- w- what's happening, what stories have you heard back? Um, we, we briefly mentioned in a recent episode that um, you've had some lawyer types who have actually looked at the contract because you are not a lawyer. <laughs> you know nothing about the law, but you work yeah. with some lawyer types and you've, uh, you've tightened up the language. So, people can yep. actually use his template to send yep. when for profit journals send them a request. But I yep. wanted to ask you, what is the latest with the 450 movement?
0: Well, it's, um, it's, it's, here's, here's, here's the problem with um, them. There is, there is a presenteeism with uh, academics and the internet in general that I can't really manage to match anymore. I'm not as radically online as many other people. I can sometimes be away from the internet today, days, and frankly, recently, um, I've been. But I don't think there's a better term for it than burned out. Um, I haven't had an amazing time, really. Um, It's weird that you can you can like everything you're doing, and it can all be it can all be great and. Sometimes there's just too much. There's just too much shit in the space. So I threw a lot of responsibilities at the wall and just like shut down really for a bit. Um, It sort of comes and goes. I mean, yeah, I I know I messed up when I have two proper nights sleep, and then on the, the after that, you know, you wake up at a normal time in the morning, and by midday you're like exhausted again. And I don't think I have the plague, so it's, it's not that. I've, I've, I've had more tests than anyone I know who doesn't work in critical infrastructure or in a building where they have to, like, or they get, like, weekly tests or whatever. Um, so it's not that. So the, the the short answer is less than I would have liked, but um, I've found a few things really interesting so far. There is actually quite a bit to say. It's not as if nothing's been happening. It's just that uh, in in normal headspace, I would have navigated this more aggressively. Um, I've had some very uh, complimentary conversations with a lot of different people. And it's interesting. I think there were a lot of people who were in the same space as me, uh, present scientists, former academics, I guess we could say that, who were kind of maybe looking for permission to get away from whatever residual guilt they have that they're supposed to be helping people out and just go, no, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll, I'll I will, I will structure my own community contributions elsewhere. That's not part of your fucking empire. Dirt. And, oh uh, if uh, quite a few people wrote to me to, to say that, um, six or seven, maybe, um, that's some very fun messages on the internet where other people are just going, "Yep, not doing it anymore." <laughs> that's just so uh, people are using the contract then I mean, another half dozen of those. I mean, and a lot of people don't make everything they do public. It's not their responsibility to make my silly social movement into like something they pay attention to. Um, had some very good conversations about uh, like general objections to it, and there's been a bunch of fucking dumb ones as well.
1: Tell me about the good ones, Um, though, or ones that made you think twice.
0: Oh, look, none of it's made me think twice. I'll tell you why the center of it still feels like a good idea, like having enough time for reflection, enough time for mature people to complain. It's because there's no identity. There's no request that comes around saying no to something like this. In general, either you ignore the email or if you're a little bit more socially minded, you get back to the editor and say, no, thank you. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, my suggestion is pay me money, but I'll just say I have no suggestions for now. Um, that's generally what you do, but it it's it's it seems like it didn't. I, I'm kind of amazed in retrospect that it, it, it didn't occur to people to just sort of give this a name. Look, I want I I, I, I want to tell you rather than rambling like a, a sick man. Um, I want to tell you about the good objections and the 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 interesting ones. Of course, are prospective and they come in terms of like uh, what will we expect uh, what do we expect the companies to do? Say this was a thing, and ten thousand people sent my contract tomorrow. What would a publisher do? And the answer is, well, if they had absolutely no choice, and of course there's no evidence that I can produce uh, a situation where they have absolutely no choice. If they had absolutely no choice, they would simply factor this into the costs that they were deriving from elsewhere. Um, and then the whole thing gets passed on and pushed around in circles, and you know maybe open access fees become more expensive. Maybe they have makeup charges that are done elsewhere. And then, you know, so a few people have informed me, like, well, this is the immediate effect of that, and that's really terrible. And all I can think of is that's fucking fantastic. Why? Um, because if it costs $10,000 to publish an open access article, then we're all going to have the collective expectation that it's not fucking possible for everyone.
1: Oh, so it's going under- a-
0: it's, it, it's to be understood. They've just priced themselves out of the market. Um, it's too much. It's it's too much strain. Even really wealthy unless you're like a really wealthy lab at a really fancy place um, doing uh, certain forms of biology and chemistry, um, are really the only places I can think of where they had have the serious fucking heavy hitter like industry money, but still actually within science. If you do th- if you do that, it will have to change.
1: 10,000, yes. the
0: market pressure. It's just a figure that someone threw out. I can't remember who. But if that's the case, it will have to change. But the whole thing, Dan, the whole discussion, all the things that I found really interesting are the sort of hypothetical eventual responses of a large company to a different market pressure. Like, what are they going to do next? You know, what are they going to do next? And it's something that just passes on the cost somewhere. Well, therefore, it's a bad
1: idea. No.
0: I, I, I think those are very interesting and I've encouraged people to read them, but I don't think that makes it a bad idea.
1: So, so your idea is by I doing that, that, so you're, you're going to force people to more affordable options because they'll price themselves out. Is that what you're saying?
0: It, it would it would have to. If there's pass-on costs and they just stick it on the, the cost of actually publishing something in the first place, where else are they going to derive their money? Are they going to charge universities more? They're not going to pay it. Mm. They're already in- the, the negotiations like that are already becoming more acrimonious and more long-term and more fluid and more fucked up. And they've already had—I mean, between the what happened in Europe and what happened in California and some other isolated cases, it's starting to happen.
1: Well, Norway the, has a pay to read and pay to submit deal. Okay. So essentially, yeah, but also
0: Norway, Norway has more money than God, Dan. So it's a terrible <laughs> example. That's that's. that's other that's, countries in
1: Europe have this. That this isn't just a Norway thing.
0: Yeah, I know. But you're going to have the fanciest.
1: Sure, thing, sure, sure.
0: Right. So I mean, a lot of other places won't, and presumably, if we can all keep circumventing copyright horribly, which everyone <laughs> does, and anyone who tells you they doesn't, they don't do it is lying, um, because it's just it's too hard. It's too fucking hard to get into. So uh I had to apologize to someone the other day. I I, I sent them one of my papers, it was on APA dot org.
1: Oh, the, the, the the Do you hate them? The, Watch, do no,
0: I don't. It's just like Googled it and said, Look, you want to have a real quick read of this thing I wrote and realized I'd sent them that link and had me apologized man. before that opened it. I know You're a horrible idea. man, but of course, they, they didn't know what it was, so they were wondering why I've sent up my stuff. It was like, Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. What are you talking about? Well, it's notorious within uh, academia is basically being <laughs> uh, imagine we stored all research in a toilet. Um, oh, it's, it's that, so basically. Bad. It's a cyber. It's a cyber toilet that it <laughs> occasionally has science floating in the chemicals.
1: It's The worst interface.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. it is. It is. It is quite dreadful. Uh-uh. So look, it's, 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 let me let me let me let me finish this point. Um, before obviously belabouring it far too much. Um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to say. Um. Here's, here's, a, here's a single cost, what happens to a market or what happens to a kind of systemic business environment once it changes. But even if, even if that does happen, it's the other thing. And everyone gets priced out of the market and we all have to use community journals or something changes or whatever else and only the really rich people can publish the really fancy shit. Um, poor adjuncts are getting paid. Sorry, if there's some kind of subsidy where some really rich lab is now paying more per publication and the money to actually review it is going to someone with like three kids and one shoe. Fuck it. It's pretty hard to make me upset about that on in on the, the the kind of face of the pre-existing inequities. Oh, our labs, the, the, the open access fees we've had to pay, it's gone up from 20... 20- thousand to thirty five thousand a year oh woe is us fuck you
1: i read some good arguments that people were saying maybe this could actually open up a a career path of people that are just full-time reviewers yeah
0: um well i think that's that's certainly a possibility um you there are some obvious drawbacks to that and one is one is that your the complaints that you might have the things that you might think about the practical nature of how science should be done um is informed by you understanding what it's actually like so i mean it's very possible for instance to piss and moan about clinical trials I see people do this all the time oh this clinical trial was done wrong like try one try running one dk so hard you know, so it's, it's more sort of like you need to have an appreciation of what truly bad is and what compromises can and can't be made and how they fit into what can and can't be reliably observed. You need to understand the interface between all of those ideas at different levels. Um, so obviously there's space for people who I mean, uh, places, places where that's less of a factor, perhaps, um, things that are more computational. Um, or people who have a wealth of empirical experience who are like, fuck it, I want to make the same amount of money. That's uh, more what I was thinking. Reviewing three days a week, sitting in my sunroom, reading the newspaper, um, occasionally scratching my cat behind the ears and having a fucking nap. There's plenty of people who want a quiet life and a lot of them are really great scientists. So, yeah, maybe. Um, I have, I have no intrinsic problem with that, um. It's obviously when something like that uh, evolves, there's a way that people do it as fast as possible, and uh, they're terrible. I mean, you don't want to become this like like uh, super confabulous, uh, muscle bound, fucking steroid injecting M Turk problem, you know? <laughs> <Like> people, <laughs> it's it's a People issue. getting their hits out as fast as possible, except the hits are papers and other people's careers, and they're getting paid quite a lot of money to do each one. Um, but look, conceivably, I mean, that's a pretty—it's a pretty fucking good wage when you come down to it. Let's calculate that. Let's say, let's say your dance cut's is pretty full for that. Um, you could do two papers in a day, but there's like, let's say the demand is um, three days a week. Yeah. So six papers a week, right? Um, okay, so we have to have four weeks off because there's. Um, We're we're not animals. We're not going to work 52 weeks a year. So, that's 6 times 48, which is 288 times 450, which is, good Lord, um, uh, about $130,000, right? That's, yeah, that's not bad. Okay, it's not bad, but understand in the US, the first thing you need to do after that is uh, take away the... Entrepreneur tax, which is the narky name for the self-employment tax, and then you have to pay uh, regular income tax. So the entrepreneur tax is oh shit. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to Google this.
1: So, so it's so a ballpark about thirty uh, percent entrepreneur tax plus uh, no tax. self-employment
0: tax is fifteen point three because you uh, the contributions that would come from. Uh, would come from your employer are now not going to your employer. Okay, I'm going to use a calculator now. Um, um, Okay, so after that, it's 109 oh, oh good, I got everything right. Okay, so about 110 and your flat rate off that is about um, about 25% if you push it all through the brackets maybe a little bit lower, so 24% so that's 76 post tax income 83
1: grand. That's um hey, not to be sniffed at.
0: Plenty of fucking money for like, like unless you live in the top floor of McFuck's apartment in Manhattan. Um that's enough to keep body and soul together and then some, huh?
1: But then you you could essentially do that anywhere in the world or anywhere in the states. Yeah, so and could- bear,
0: in mind, bear in mind I got you working 3 days a week, but there's no respite from that, is there? So, I mean, look, if you think about that as like, something that happened or if it's like a way to supplement an income like one a week, yeah, it's pl- it's plenty of money. That's I mean, good. that's hard. That's hard fucking work though. Those three days, like come to the fourth day, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, I need a break. Um, But so the thing that I really like about this, I've written a lot of short reviews for things that are total dog shit. Yeah. Sometimes you can write down in eight lines the crucial thing that some twat (laughs) needs to know before they, they get on with their lives and write something that isn't total shit. And sometimes that can be summarized really easily. But in something like this, I mean, you, you, if you're committing the time, you've got to help these motherfuckers. You've got to, you've got to write out some syllabus stuff. You've got to really go into the weeds and explain. That's, that's one of the things that I, I feel like if, if I was an editor and I had the ability to talk to someone who was a publisher, if I had the facility to ask for this, I would. Because imagine how much improvement you're going to get if every single review was legit and concerted. I've had positive six line reviews. They're fucking useless. I've had negative six line reviews. They're fucking useless. Um, the, the only time where it would be like really, really difficult to be able to justify the money is actually where something's really good. Okay. Do you know what I
1: mean? Okay.
0: That's why something's really good because if you go, well, this is uh, this is well done and everything's appropriate and it's really straightforward and um, like in a situation like that, if you're paying for a review and I was an editor, you get something and you go, oh my God, this looks like it's a really great idea. Um, I would be seriously tempted to, like if you knew it was fantastic, I would get one review or send it to someone else who's on the editorial board and ask if it's as good as you thought it was and save yourself the fucking money. Yeah. So all the kind of back-end mechanics of that can change. But first of all, it's all premature. I have to get someone to pay me first. Yeah? And I cannot overemphasize. I cannot overemphasize how much when you really know what you're talking about and you're reviewing something, how much if you if you budget for sort of four to six hours, most of a day probably for work days, considering emails and interruptions and occasional exploding hemorrhoids and shit like that. Normal stuff, right? It's most of a day. The amount of sensible shit you can write in a review that goes for most of a day. If you, like, these people are entirely justified in having my time, you're not checking up reasons why they're wrong and then just writing down you're wrong and appending the reference. You're explaining everything. You're engaging. Like, you're a teacher or you're marking an exam or any other didactic activity. The difference between that and a regular shitty fucking peer review is is chasmous. It's enormous. Oh, because there's, there's someone, someone tagged me in something this morning on the twats and. It basically, uh, you know, this thing, ter- uh, this thing turned up and they're like, I would appreciate your remarks in seven days. Is the most oh, I saw reply. that. I saw that. If it yes. wasn't, if it wasn't like, give me $450, would be all I'd appreciate you going and fucking yourself. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my best anonymous friends turned up, overly honest editor. I love uh, overly honest editor. Uh, who is obviously a gangster. And he's like, well, you have to understand that that's only when the Alerts are going to start turning up. So, okay, so we're going to play some kind of shell game about when it's <laughs> actually due. Like, this is just some social signifier that gives you the ability to crank on me early about what is yeah, or isn't yeah. like due. It just means that you can start sending the reminder email sooner. A week is. The- I do not hold. Sorry, if we're going to value this work, playing fucking games, well, you, you might as well say, "Well, it's due tomorrow," and <laughs> then no one do does tomorrow. it, and then you just immediately start sending those. <laughs> you, you accept it an hour
1: emails. later, mate. Where's your review?
0: Yeah, <laughs> why are you holding me up? It's already quarter past six, Dan. Get you phone fucking calls, bastard. Can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> put your put your phone number in. They put in your credit messages. cards. They, they start using your money to send reminders <laughs> to your house. A
1: week, oh, for man. That's, sake, I've man. seen. I have seen some journals ask for for, for a two week. Um, yeah, but one week is
0: yeah. With look with with good journals who pride themselves on rapid responses sure. who want to get to I can I can see you making your way there. Um, especially if it's something that you're really seriously familiar with. I mean, it all depends on what kind of quality you're expecting and how much people are, uh, uh, want to get off it in the first place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously when you put all this intellectual effort in, uh, the idea that, uh, open review, uh, is, is somewhat antithetical to this because someone's paying you to, to write something and give it to them. Mm. Are they immediately going to give it away just because they used your time? Well, maybe not. Um, and also, if it's a shit paper, or it's, if it's if it's a good paper with a, a, a well hidden problem that makes it completely wrong, um, you may find yourself in a situation where the authors don't want the remarks that you've made following it around like a bad smell into cyberspace. So, do you want to, you want to actually look? But one one thing before we cut this off because I'm be going to run this segment short. Um, do you know the most disappointing thing? Mm. I haven't even got to fuck you yet. I've sent this contract twice now. And I haven't got a response.
1: Like no no response whatsoever?
0: No, 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 go fuck yourself. Okay. No, go fuck yourself. So there's two possibilities. Either one is just sort of like they weren't expecting it, so they think it's spam, like they're in an accounts department. They checked in. The request wasn't real. So they just went, "Mm, fuck it. Um, and it just didn't get answered because it it didn't associate with uh, some kind of file or number that was already very, open very in a in an ordering system, um, or someone saw this and they know that anything that they send me back is something that I'm going to use to mock them one <laughs> way or the other, <laughs> and that uh, they're just not giving me any ammunition to be a dick with. Um, Which is possible, but I don't credit any of these organizations with having a good ability to establish and maintain an online presence. Um, Yeah, they're all bad bad at that. For companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars in gross revenue, um, they don't have – and it's amazing. And What they're producing literally is knowledge. It's discourse. (laughs) It's discussion. They're producing words. They're not producing fucking I-beams, you know, they're not, they're, not, they're not producing, uh, you know, iron slag, um, <laughs> like Western red cedar planks. They're literally producing the written word in order to establish fucking knowledge and propositions and other bollocks, and they have no presence. <laughs> <That's> so strange. <laughs> it's because oh, they know
1: they don't need it.
0: Well. I mean you have this I mean then you get all these disingenuous arguments about do you know all the stuff that we do for you? I mean holy fucking Christ um I don't know I don't know what to say when I see stuff like that sometimes. I mean so many other organizations who are so far away from I mean Jesus Christ, the fucking Volkswagen. Um, fellowships and shit in the Volkswagen, who make cars and lied about their emissions, <laughs> do far more to support science and the people who publish the stuff. It's crazy. Ah, <sighs> yeah, I never, I yeah, that's all. It's all disingenuous horseshit, you know. And you, 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 you get all this chat about all the great things they've done, and it's weird. A lot of the time, they have all these initiatives. Sometimes you find this. So you go, oh, we've got all these initiatives. No one sign up for their fucking initiatives. We
1: not we, did, we didn't they've, want they've, it. They've,
0: they've, they've got some thing. They like, spent a whole bunch of money on a thing, and it's like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brand play. It's a big marketing thing. It's on YouTube. We've got a cool animation. You look at the animation. You're like, this is fifty thousand dollars worth of animation right here. The fucking video's got hundred and eighty views, and no one gives <laughs> a shit. They're completely disconnected from the community that they serve.
1: It's all theater. We're doing. We're acting like we're doing something.
0: Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's the same. Companies is here to do the same thing with this fucking nauseating push into diversity training without caring about diversity at all. They're like, "Well, we made all of our staff here at Racist Incorporated do a survey about how they shouldn't hit anyone that isn't white with a stilson wrench, and everyone got top marks. So now we're no longer racist, and we're going to go out and hit people with stilson wrenches again." It's so fucking disingenuous.
1: you know that our everything hurts patrons can get access to a library of 20 bonus episodes well you do now we release a bonus episode every month to our five dollar a month patrons who also get a lifetime 20 percent discount on herch merchandise we also have a one dollar per month tier which gives you access to a monthly newsletter the merch discount and the occasional bonus episode if you want to support the show but can't swing the Patreon money, you can share a review or post about the show on social media instead, as we'd love that as well. Now, let's get back to the show. We're going to go to our next segment, and this is... <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> Please pardon my disruptive co-host and his shit opinions.
1: We're going to get some more shit opinions here. This is... Um, <laughs> This is an email that we got um from uh, everythingherds.com we got we, we got a contact page and we we, we got an email from, uh, from Emma Mills who's from uh, from from Lancaster University and she writes um you talk about the review process a lot um uh when it comes to you know listen to editors and blinding and and sort of how, how the whole process works um including payment the 450 movement which which is referenced here um now, do you think you could select a paper and do a walkthrough of a review? I have no idea of the process, but I've marked many an essay for argument structure, content, etc. In my time, but I'd love to hear how you approach the task and how it may differ across people. Emma Mills, thank you for this question. It's a very good question because
0: that's very that's very good. Um, that's very good. Um, I especially like. Uh, any uh, any topic like this, it isn't like, tell us your opinion, because I've got many of them and uh, most of them are probably dreadful in some way or another. If not uh, in the content, then in the linguistic expression. But show us how to do something, happy to. Um, does Emma Mills have a, a Facebook website, Twitter thingy?
1: Um- no, but if if, if uh, Emma does, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, there okay, would, everyone
0: should go out and be Emma's friend for asking such a sensible goddamn question. This
1: uh, there's a link to the um, a website, but uh, yeah, we'll see if we can find it. Thank you, Emma. So
0: okay, well, let's see whether or not she wants like hordes of the the, the kind of people who the, have the, hairy the ears. Unwashed, listen to us, ha- hairy uh,
1: hairy triceps.
0: Oh no, no, no 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 Dan, how dare you slander our precious listeners with the curse of Harry Trice. Oh god, I can still feel it. I'm not in the habit of getting disgusted by stuff. Usually I'm on the fucking supply side of disgust, not the demand side. <laughs> but honestly, um even even me even me, Dan.
1: Cross the, the line. So yeah, I have found. Maybe I
0: get sensitive in my old age. What did you find?
1: I found a good paper. This is one of those papers that I saw. And I'm like, oh, oh mate, heathers would be interested in this one as well. We've, um, you know, our, our research are different, but we have some crossover. And this was a really interesting one that I came across on Twitter about a week ago. Short, punchy. Hmm. Um, n- none of this sort of fancy statistics malarkey. It, this is a. When's the last time you've seen a paper which just has? Um, uh, one-sided t-tests.
0: Um, oh, it's been a while. It's quite, it's quite old school. Um, generally, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's the province of people who. Have identified something where they're quite sure of what they've found. Um, and they're going to investigate it multiple times and they're going to find the same thing because they're not really afraid of either the accusation of bias or not finding it in the first place. Um, in, in a way, that's kind of what Madron Fisher intended. Mm. Um, when it's the, but you, you know, the kind of one I mean is you, you have uh, the ability to reproduce something over and over again and there's no point fucking arguing about it because you know exactly what you're expecting. So um, there's no problem with a one-sided test there. But yeah, it's all- Sorry, one, one it's sample. All te-
1: one sample T-test. That was my- That was what I meant to say. Not, not a one one, s-
0: one, 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 one- one sample T-test? I beg your pardon?
1: Yeah, so you're basically- you're, Rather than comparing two groups, you're comparing against a given threshold. Not a, not, not a one-sided, a one-sample T-test.
0: Um. It's
1: so basically you, ha- you have it, you man, have it, yeah.
0: Is that something you've seen ever?
1: Yeah, I've done one.
0: I mean, in a paper, Dickhead. In yeah, a
1: paper. I I published it last year, and one of the main results was a one-sample, one-sample t-test.
0: Okay, so a lot of a lot of the time it would mean you're presumably comparing against chance,
1: right? Uh, yeah, or, or or you have a certain threshold you're comparing against. So in the, in the example that okay. I did, Okay,
0: we're getting a bit sort of old school signal detection theory kind of thingy. But you in, know, in, in like this, if you're like in a, in a triangular test, you'd be like testing against a base rate of two thirds or something.
1: But in this in this example, they are testing against chance. L- 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 let's just get into the paper. So okay, th- this was a very interesting paper. Um, very short. where is it? Uh, it's a preprint. We're going to post a link to it. It's a preprint on Archive, and the title of the paper is Direct Perception of Other People's Heart Rate. This is this is right up our alleys.
0: Uh, yeah. Now, uh, I have a quick problem, Dan. Um, you know how you said you should read this because mm. so, we're going to do it on the podcast? Mm. I
1: didn't. Well, we're going to do it on the fly then.
0: Okay. Fuck it. Let's embarrass ourselves. Um, I found your twat. Here is the thing. Got it. Direct perception of other people's heart rates.
1: This is by Alejandro Galvez-Paul. And colleagues. Oh,
0: what a fun name. Salome Antoine. Oh, wow. It's like a James Bond heroine. You know the one that they have these days where, like, James James Bond gets bollocked that he, like, breaks both his kneecaps and a woman sweeps in and saves the day? That's Salome Antoine.
1: (laughs) This a is fucking hero's name. This is it is a hero's name. So th- this is a nice short, uh, punchy paper with a uh, with the uh, the old one sample t test. And essentially, um, they're asking the question, or they're asking the research question: Can you actually estimate someone's heart rate from just looking at them? This is really interesting. The, the one one research question that we're can familiar I with. Can I talk? Sorry.
0: Can I talk?
1: Can you talk? Yes. Go, yes.
0: Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, okay. Um, There's at least two ways of doing that. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we should discover what? that on the way through uh, the what? actual paper itself rather than me interrupting you perpetually. So,
1: How about that? Okay, so when I get a paper to review, um, first thing I'll do is, of course, read the abstract to get a general overview of what was done in the paper. And then I'll jump to- the methods and this is one of those papers which has the methods at the end which is fine i used to actually hate this format but now i don't mind it
0: it's fine um i don't mind methods i don't mind methods at the end
1: this this is okay so um uh, in this this was a um the you, you should actually see the tweet because you can see um video footage of the experiment very elegant experiment where they show video footage of two people and they measured the ECG of these two people and they randomly selected to show the heart rate of one of these people in the middle of the screen and participants simply had to guess or simply had to say which person does this heartbeat belong to. Super simple, elegant study. Yeah. Um, in There was five parts or, or, or five sub-experiments. The first one, simply people were shown these two faces Um, or shown these two videos. I believe they were 10 seconds from, from memory. Don't have the time to, to look at that now. And people were able to guess, um, beyond chance who the heartbeat belonged to. Now, this was a super interesting, super interesting approach. Um, and that was beyond chance using that one sample t test. Um, James, initial thoughts around this.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, if you have a good enough camera, um, because basically the same principle as a ballistic cardiogram, when uh, blood's getting shot around through you, when it's knocking you off center, um, people jitter very slightly um, when their heart beats uh, because the aorta is blasting blood around them. Well, the heart's blasting it into the aorta, but it's coming to the end <laughs> and it's going, blong and you're getting pushed around. Yeah, so that's happening over time. Um, if you lie someone down and do that, and you put accelerometers in the four corners of the bed, you get an excellent uh, recording of a heart rate. Um, people have tried that for various uh, clinical and pediatric monitoring circumstances. There's hundreds of research papers on it.
1: It's yeah, so the, the, so, the toilet seat monitor. Classic. What? Toilet seat monitor. The
0: toilet seat. Oh, yeah. Well, look, there's, lo- there's lots of other there's lots of ways of doing that as well. I can't remember specifically about the toilet seat monitor. Every time I think of that, I just think of the Stanford arsehole monitor. <laughs> um, the other the other way of doing it um, is something I don't know if this is possible to do with the naked eye. I suspect it isn't, but maybe it is. Um, in a video, the if if you filter it carefully and look at the redshift, you can look at the the propagation of the pulse wave through the face. Um, there's a little bit of signal analysis magic involved, but I mean that results. 10 15 years old um i think ming po uh, over at mit did that might be about a decade old now um dude is a genius um uh, it's a really really cool idea it just means basically you need a video you do the right kind of processing um you use oh god um i had the signal pathway written down somewhere but you can use that as well I and mean, maybe you've got some kind of sensation of that um the other thing i'd be particularly concerned about Um, is the fact that there's obviously going to be a binary sex difference and that, in general, when you're talking about a larger body size, you've got allometric scaling shit and uh, some hearts go faster than others. So, those are my Mm -hmm. three initial thoughts that I hope are dealt with going through.
1: Um, Sort of, they are. So, the idea, the first thing that I thought of when I saw this, I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, of course, it's a redshift thing. Um, Well. Firstly, if you have that
0: would be my that, uh, that's my least likely. Okay, um,
1: that, was a f- yeah. that, was, that was the first thing I thought of because I know that a shitty even a shitty webcam is able to detect these subtle changes in in um, in in, in the, the the color of skin. But mm. I was curious as to whether actually human eye. I, I wasn't I wasn't actually sure whether a human eye could actually detect or be sensitive enough to detect these changes. You
0: should try it. It's a, it's enough of a pain in the ass with a good 120 hertz yeah. camera and the right lighting and shit like that. Um, so, I, I would doubt that, but I would think that if you have the right lighting and you have hair and you have a ballistic cardiographic effect of someone's head basically getting knocked around like a dashboard dog, but very slightly, you you may well have that. Um, I don't know how you get that out of the video 2D Fourier or something. But look, Dan, we're not saying anything about the process now. I've just read the message session while we've been talking, mm. um, and it seems reasonably uncontroversial. Um, obviously, there's uh, the way I don't have any problem with the way that they constructed the stimuli. Um, and, okay, we have a two alternative force choice. thingy me uh, 10 seconds, 60 hertz video. Which is pretty good. Could be better. Um, practice trials, block of forty-two. Okay, so we've got twenty-four people doing forty-two trials, um, and then we're doing our one-sample t-test, as you say, between that and chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Very old school. It's good. Um, what makes
1: complicated?
0: You'd you know I'm not in favor of additional complications, Daniel.
1: So, the, the, the part B actually addressed the- um, No, sorry. Part B was they um, they flipped the faces around. Is there anything unique about how you actually see the orientation of faces? And, okay. Uh, that's
0: a good question. That's, right. that's a good
1: question. And essentially, they still found that it was better than chance, but it wasn't as strong as having the faces in their normal orientation. So, that is a nice sort of- I like this idea of kind of tuning, turning the knob. How can we slowly- Manipulate this to actually figure mm. out because, because in some cases, people would go, Here's our experiment. We showed people these faces. People were able to do it, bang. But they actually sort of approached it, but much in the same way that you would approach kind of like an animal research experiment where you go, Okay, we found this thing. How, how much can we sort of kick the tires? What, what, what is going on here? So I like this approach of sort of doing that. But one thing I want to quickly talk about though is, is sample size. Yeah. So as we were chatting, I quickly, ran a power analysis and for mm. every experiment, 25 people. Yeah. For one 24. sample for a one sample T test, so one of the first things I do, unless I actually say um, our study design is can reliably detect an effect size of, of blah, I usually run it myself. In this particular example, this is sensitive enough to detect an effect size of 0.58. I am not sure whether that's realistic or not, because that is quite a large effect size.
0: Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, what happens with the amount of trials, Dan?
1: There was- it would, That that would improve precision. Okay. Okay. No, that, that, that's a good point, actually.
0: Of course, it's a fucking good point, you massive <laughs> dick. What if they all did 200 trials they each?
1: They did 40 from memory.
0: Oh, Jesus, we literally just talked about this. Is your memory going? Probably. This is what happens when you have a second kid, second kid is that you, you immediately gets, turn into a drooling simpleton. It
1: just gets it gets short. Okay, so so in doing doing that sort of thing, you would be satisfied with an effect size of around 0.6 for such a thing.
0: No, I wouldn't really. I just don't believe that that's actually the effect size in this case. We have 24 people per sample. Yes,
1: mm, per, per experiment. Apparent- yeah. And
0: Apparently, there's five experiments. They have 35 individual videos, um, and they mix them all up, which means they have 84 counterbalanced videos somehow. Um, Manipulation is not explained to the participants. So how many goddamn trials are there? Two blocks of 42 trials. Okay, so you're going to get a little bit more psychometric with your fucking, like, N of 24
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay.
0: I would simulate that rather than I. I never do any anything like. I mean, the last time you'd see a power calculator, it looks like the the fucking dashboard <laughs> of the space shuttle. They've and gotten not better sure now. What to think? And then <laughs> they, they give you some option, and it's like, do you want shanty cream on top of your power <laughs> analysis? You say. Fuck you, and then you simulate what, so,
1: so, you would simulate. Okay, okay. That's, um, uh, okay.
0: No, I just do it for everything. It's not the sort of lazy way out. It's the intuitive way out. Sure. Um, and the last of the idea of having another argument about power analysis with some of the people I've argued about it in the past fills me with a feeling that is like a, a mix between constipation and diarrhea simultaneously. <sighs> Give me two different versions of the shits. Okay, let's actually look at the text. We're asked how to review it, then. not for you to show off about how clever you are. He said hypocritically. No,
1: that, that's exactly so, that's exactly what I'll do. I'll, I'll check w- w- what sort of effect size it could, it, it, it could detect. Okay,
0: well, I'd start reading at this point, especially if I was reviewing it with someone like you who was being a dick. <laughs> um. Okay, da-da-da-da-da-da, heartbeats play. Okay, so some of that interoception literature is okay. That's all right. Um, Evidence might be possible comes to highlight social domain. Cardiac signals are synchronized according to relationship. All that research is dreadful. Let me see if these are dreadful papers. Um, Okay, that's that's interesting.
1: I'm going to sort of commentate that. So, you are actually going through and looking through the references, yeah?
0: Yes, because I want to see if they've cited things that I hate. Okay, this Helm paper, this Fusaroli paper, and this Ferrer paper, I would trust them about as far as I could throw all the authors stapled together. Most of the stuff on dyadic interpersonal physiology is just a method in search of a problem. I have no faith in it whatsoever. Um, no one's ever done a study on that the same way twice. Um, I got involved in a project like that and found it incredibly difficult to make progress simply because there was just nowhere to hang your hat. Mm. Every single thing that needs to be defined, you're coming at it from scratch. Pain in the hole. Um, it's no one that someone can be uh, extracted from a video through subtle cues. I knew you'd know this. God damn, Salome. You should... Uh, who, who was it that Salome killed again? What? What? Salome, the daughter of King Herod.
1: I don't remember. Did
0: she kill King Herod? I don't remember. Oh, she's also only the second author. I should be saying nice things about the first author. I just think that's such a great name. Um, I always get distracted by people with great names. Um, okay, sorry, sorry, don't look at me like that. It's not my fault. Okay, neutral expression, blah, blah, blah. Performed above chance. Participant's performance. Is is that a paper from Deborah? Reference number 22? Shh.
1: Yeah, David LA, University of Sydney.
0: Jesus Christ, you're worse than me, honest to God, which is a very, very bad way to be. Okay, on average, people performed the task above chance levels. Participant's performance ranged from 0.452 to 0.738. An average proportion of 0.582, significantly above chance. Okay, so considering you've got 84 binary choices per person, if you're 0.738, yeah, mm. out of 84 choices, you can calculate the kind of uh, binomial probability of that. Go on, amuse yourself with that, Captain Power. Mm. So tell me how unlikely that is. Okay, nothing. What? It's fucking binomial probability. Just calculated. I'm reading. Um, <laughs> this is also the conversation that I would have with myself. I was reviewing this by myself. Okay, so I I like this because this this is very old school. They come into this thing, they bop the result down, and they go, "On average, people did this good. That's cool." Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's quite an unusual paper you've chosen here. Um, it's old school, and it look kind of. I'm uh, getting the kind of heuristic smell of reliability, which is not what I was expecting to say. Um. I haven't shown they were able to do that they repeated the thing when they invert the videos interesting yeah. oh someone did really badly in general people do okay oh I'm now really interested in the spread of responses here so they're trying to do a binary choice task where the chance level obviously is a half um, the person who did worse was 0.45 which is pretty negligibly different to a half. The person who did best was 0.738, which out of 80 trials, is well above a half. What changes between – what's our between-subject driver here? That interests me now. Well,
1: they do actually look at this oh. a little bit.
0: And oh, Dan, don't presuppose. We're talking okay, about okay. the process. Okay, We're okay. talking about the process. Jesus Christ. God in heaven. Okay, results of experiment to demonstrate that altering faces results did not inform us about the visual cues. Good point. Removed any variance of the redness in the face, and it didn't do a fucking thing. Okay, that's literally what I said five minutes ago. You're welcome. Um, Performance levels were lower than the full. Okay, well, that's not a good way to point, point that out. They were lower, but the difference wasn't significant, like the difference of a difference, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, okay, experiment four.
1: Um, this was an interesting approach, experiment four. Okay.
0: All the dynamic information presented a still information. How did they present a still information?
1: They, they picked the, the first time their eyes were open in the video, they picked a still image. What? Okay, so they, they took a, they, they took the videos, and within that video, the first frame where the person's eyes were open, they use that just as a still image.
0: This doesn't make any sense. It's a photo. Okay, well, there's no dy- dynamic information in a photo.
1: Exactly. So they removed all dy- dynamic information,
0: and it still worked. Yeah. How incredibly disappointing. Um. Oh good lord! I would run it. Uh, okay, okay. Without giving people any, without giving people any information whatsoever, is there a is there a control for height, weight, or gender of the people who made the original things? I mean, uh, that seems like a very obvious question to ask at this point. But I'm scrolling between different sections of it. Um, no, that okay. Seven actors, four women, independently for two minutes. Dan, if you're a guy and you're six foot three and you do your face and then you're a woman and you're five foot three, um, your intrinsic heart rate, your like autonomically regulated heart rate, your basal heart rate, no matter which one of them you choose and there's a fucking platter of them, um, they're all going to be different. Um, how does this interact with the assumptions that we might make knowing that blue whales have slow hearts and voles and hummingbirds have <laughs> fast hearts?
1: well they they sort of address this in that they mm-hmm. actually look at they understand that for some some comparisons have a closer heart rate than other comparisons your 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 example is a good one 7 foot bloke and a 5 foot woman and they found that people performed much better or, or it was much easier to to discriminate the heartbeat for the people that actually had the biggest differences
0: mm. okay i've only finally got to the graphs here we go so, okay. The person who did extremely well was quite unusual. Um, experiment four, dynamic. Almost everyone did better than chance, which was interesting. Now, that was a replication here of one. here are the R squared values. Oh Jesus! Hello, buddy. Hello, buddy. Come here. Come here. It's all right, Phil Oh uh, Share my cat with you all.
1: Third Hertzie.
0: Well, this is interesting, Daniel. The
1: looking at figure two here.
0: Yeah, the point clouds are fuck ugly. Um, obviously, experiment four looks like the best one. What's the y-axis? What am I looking at here?
1: Uh, of panel A or panel B? B. This is, yeah, this is the thing I was explaining before in that this is the average interval between the, 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 the two people, yeah? So, some people had almost precisely exactly the same heart rate, so you, you couldn't actually discriminate those two people. But as you go up the axis, people had different heart rates and this actually shows you the relationship between the proportion correct versus the difference in heart rate between the two people. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm, okay. So, I can't find any shut up liquors. Jesus Christ. Go away. Away. I love you. Stop it, asshole. I love you. All right. Um, don't look at me like that. Oh, this is – he'd never been this much of a pest in 110 episodes. Come on, pal. You can be on the show too. Come on. You can be on the show. Okay. Here we go. So, okay. Is that what is that what that's showing? Yes. Okay. Here's – this is – I mean, they've already done five experiments and they're, they're digging into this and there's a lot of interesting possibilities. Um, there's an experimental control that I was – I mean, they've already done five experiments. Oh, yeah, five. Five. Um, one with one with two internal conditions. Yep. So here's the one that I uh, here's the one that I want. Um, I want them to add jitter or movement to some of the frames mm. for some of the people. I mean, basically, it's already broken into. They can obviously already use a video processor. So I don't. I don't want to make it harder for them. It's only another twenty-four people have already run one hundred and twenty. I want to see if you can jitter in something like this whether or not that would change anything. Now, here's what I want after that. The idea that you're choosing between two people is different to the central thesis that might come off the back of this. The central thesis that might come off the back of this is we use this for the dynamic detection of emotion. The dynamic detection of emotion is a within-participant change. Mm -hmm. So, here's, here's what I want you to do. Now, this is, I said the thing that I'm not going to ask for, but the thing that I'd think about, yeah? Or a way to do this in a manner that's sane and not just some babble that I came up with. Get someone sitting there perfectly normally and then out of shot, get someone to jam a syringe full of epinephrine in between mm. their toes so they can't see, yeah? mm and see what happens to you detecting their heartbeat changing over time because that's how emotion's experienced. I'm not really interested to see if the um oh who was that basketball player with a fantastic name? <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo, what a fucking
1: name! Well, what did he do?
0: Uh he's just a great big fella. Uh, he's retired no, he's like seven from the basketballs. He played for yeah, he's seven foot two. He's a unit, right? Okay, so if we put that guy next to some one hundred and five pound sorority girl, um, you're going to make assumptions. Yes. Now, how much do those assumptions get uh, variously assorted with uh, various changes within that, et cetera, et cetera, mm, okay. um, and and also like frame frame is not mass. Um, so if there's any kind of BMI related control there, because we just know that everyone understands some intuitive version of allometric scaling. Um, I don't think these are serious enough criticisms to say, let's never talk about this result ever again, because I, it's, it's quite, it's quite an arresting idea. Um, and without wanting to bet the farm in it, I think it's worth digging into. So See, look, this whole perception, this sort of perceptive thing, rather than complaining about everything in order, once you've seen a million of these, you get to the point where you know what you want to see that comes next. Um, And obviously, I can't do a full accounting of all the detail-driven shit that I'd normally do when it comes to something like this, one after the other.
1: A lot of the stuff- Um,
0: And I can't check the biological references here as well, doing it live. So... I hope that was helpful. I don't think it was. I think we just had a lot of fun with that but, and we did something that was pretty useless. And that's probably your fault. I,
1: I do want to touch on one thing there before we close up. Um, a lot of the things that you that you referenced is this idea of leaning on your own experience, your own experience of what sort of references they were doing. How does one, say you were starting out, you haven't done a review before and you were early yep. in your career, yep. is this just a process of getting experience and reading and doing the thing. How do you get to that point?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Maybe there's Obviously, there's no substitute for time, but I mean, you ask people that you trust. Um, see if you can get someone to tell you about it and see if you can do that fast. The other thing is, look, you're going to have to have some kind of contact with it eventually if you're staying in the field. You're going to have to get there more or less. So, a lot of the time, it was something that I I have a, a clear memory of doing back in the day. Someone would go, and we cited all these references for hyphen ten. Like, I'm not <laughs> reading seven things. I'll tell you what, I'll do your deal, dickhead. I'll read one of them,
1: and, and I pick bad, the, all one, the rest are bad.
0: I I pick one that looked the most accessible. Maybe not necessarily a review, but something in perhaps a journal that I trusted, or something that I had heard of, um, or if it was a typical thing like it was a cardiology thing. I mean, there was an Italian paper; I'd probably read that. Ah, Italians
1: Italian. and cardiology—they're so good.
0: Well, yeah, but you know, if it was, um, if it was, uh, there, there was there were certain things in Australia as well that I think um, people uh, people did really well. Uh, that's. Not get bogged down to the details as much as like you'd use the knowledge that you had sure. to try and learn. There's traditions. Um, it made reviews very long. Um, but knowledge is no burden to carry. And it was something that I thought was putting time aside for. When you've, you just asked the question, Dan, like, how do I get experience? Um, in, in a way. And the answer is that you, you acquire it through the, the actions that you take upon the world, so you have to do them. Um, I I wish it was. I wish there was a better answer to something like that. I mean, you are allowed to ask people. People pop up and ask me something all the time. What about this? What about this idea? What about this something? And I tell people, and then they go away, and most of the time I forget I did it. Um. It's just like something that happens out of reflex. There's your academic service, not fucking reviewing papers, actually being useful to people when they when they ask. Rather than when a company with a nine-figure top line asks you. Also, look, here's the thing, there's so many guides to this, but the guides are always checklist-driven impressions of what can and can't happen. Yeah? It's also a really difficult thing. I mean, it's a great question, but it's a really difficult thing to do in the kind of detail-driven version of evaluating all of this stuff. I didn't calculate anything. I can't. The fucking audio thing's running on the computer. I don't have the right software on this laptop. I can't calculate shit. Um, The way that we do it would be a lot more explicit. Um, But, you know. Uh, who was it? Who was it saying the other day? Here's a, if I'll tell you what, if we're going to recommend something to Emma in return for her asking such a decent question. Um, someone was the other, someone was saying the other day on the twats, and I thought this was, this was one of those things where it's a piece of everyday wisdom, and it's, it's a fucking superb idea. It was Martin Van Smeden. I have no idea how to say that. He's a very, very acute gentleman. And he said something that I thought was really fucking sensible. Uh, it was talking about, um, uh, it was uh, a, having, having a conversation that was about, uh, data dredging, right? And, he said, until I started doing simulations, I never really understood this. And this was a given an example. And he says, sure. Simulate 100 samples of N equals 15 from a bivariate normal distribution with correlation R. Estimate for each sample the correlation R in a confidence interval. Put it in a forest plot and see the estimates and the confidence intervals dance. They don't dance as much as they do the funky chicken at that point. So because And things like that. I have done things like that hundreds and hundreds of fucking times. And that's where my heuristics for understanding things come from because it's a key part of like you, you want to thug stuff up. You want to have your kind of, you want to be calibrated. It was just playing with what results look like. It was getting a feeling for things. Um, that kind of thing, that is money. That is a great exercise. And if you want to be acute when it comes to understanding the numbers that are put in front of you, what they feel like, that's exactly the kind of shit that you should be doing. I used to just, let me, just sad as it sounds. There were nights where I would just dick around with things like that. Generate a thousand of them. What happens? Uh will change the distribution. Generate 10,000 of them under the following parameters, one through eight. Uh, oh, fuck. Look at that. Isn't that interesting? Just footle. Number footling. It's the single most unappreciated. And this is the thing. So I don't think Martin has given people that advice. And he's obviously a very acute gentleman. That is a fucking good idea. Yes. But I have done that for years. It's never occurred to me to say that. He had the presence of mind to say it, not me. So full credit to him. That's wholeheartedly endorsed.
1: Good on you, Martin. We're going to link to that tweet. We'll link to his account as well. He's got a lot of good stuff to say. On that note, we are going to finish up for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with more Everything Hurts. See you later.
0: Yeah, it hurts more than usual right now. Take care of yourselves.